0: Escape to the metaverse. But act like you know, yeah. You are now tuned into the Matthew and Rizzle show, yeah. Uh, escape to the metaverse. But act like you know, yeah. You are now tuned into the Matthew and Rizzle show, yeah. Escape yeah. to the metaverse. Before we begin this week's episode of the Matthew and Rizzle Show, just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Proof of Beauty. Proof of Beauty is an experimental digital experience studio. The blockchain is their canvas, and the tokens are their brush. You can learn more about Proof of Beauty by checking out pob.studio. You can follow them on Twitter as well at prrf beauty. That's p. R R F Beauty on Twitter and P-O-B dot studio on their homepage to learn more about their projects like Hash London and Publico. Thank you and enjoy the show.
1: Okay. Tibodor Brooke, welcome to the Matthew and Rizzle Show.
2: Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you, Matthew
1: Always a pleasure, and I'm really excited for the conversation we're about to get into. I mean, going all the way back to B20, fast forwarding to a couple of weeks from now. Dreamverse. Before we get into all the good stuff, I think it'd be great if both of you could briefly introduce yourselves, uh, tell us what you're doing in the crypto space, and maybe a little bit of a background, and we can get started from there.
2: Sure, sure. Well, on. I will go first. Um, I am heading up operations at MetaPurse, and I also work with Matthew at MetaCast Group, which is a NFT uh, advertising company. I first got introduced to the Metaverse team working on the B20 project.
3: Nice. We're waiting for the punchline, Brooke.
2: Okay. Well, that's it. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so strong. Okay. Uh, I, I basically, I'm DuBador. I basically do what Brooke tells me to uh, at MetaPurse. Um, <laughs> I'm the steward of MetaPurse. And I basically did what Matthew told me to do uh, in the NFT space before we founded Metaverse. It so it's it's worked out fine. So this this whole podcast is going to go. Brooke's going to tell me to say some things, and I'm going to. Matthew has asked me to say hello world, and that's how I'm going to start. So <laughs> yeah, go on.
1: Amazing. Um, but. Obviously, the big topic and what I'm really, really excited to talk about is Dreamverse. But I think it would be really helpful for folks if we kind of rewind and go back in time a little bit, uh, back to like January of this year, which feels like a decade ago already, and talk about what went down uh, with B20 and how that is related and
3: how that intersects with what you guys are planning for Dreamverse. Wow. It, uh how do I put this? It's, it's, it's like uh, the first um, big hit of something really uh, addictive, like like a massive dose of positivity that we hadn't felt in a really, really long time. And a big chunk of that comes from working with uh, uh, people like you, Matthew, and Rizal. I mean, we practically launched the B20 thing together. And the experience of working uh, together, you know, from with people from all walks of life from all over the world to create something special, something experiential out of NFTs was just heady. And we had to do that again. And so in a way, DreamWorks is just a repeat of uh, of that feeling. We wanted to feel that collaboration, that energy again. And uh, that that formed a huge part of what it was. Uh, but DreamWorks was also uh, a, a beautiful uh, learning experience for us, learning curve, if uh, you might call it. I mean, uh, it, it is the farthest thing that I can think of to uh, a typical token project. But we did learn that if it walks like a token and squawks like one, people are going to ask when moon, the inevitable question. And so one of the toughest things we had had to do post DreamWorks was to not ruin the vibe, right? The original intention of uh, the P20 project, which was, and Drizzle will remember this, which was like almost like a uh, a movie production is to leave it untainted, unedited once it's out there, once it's released uh, to the public, like True Lies. And uh, the toughest part for us was to not mess with that vibe. And the other big learning was that you ought to communicate to the world, not by talking about something or by, you know, writing reams of text as blogs or tweet threads, but by design, right, it should be so uh, experiential that you don't need me to talk about it uh, too much. Uh, and, And that's what Dreamverse is about. There's no talking heads at Dreamverse. There are no expositions. It's just pure experience of what NFTs can be today. It, this is great
4: for me, man, because I've sort of been nose down in my own stuff and have seen some of the buzz about DreamWorks. Uh, it seems like a ton of people are involved in this event uh, at NFT NYC. But could you uh, and or Brooke just sort of like zoom way out and just like, you know, for someone who's like just stumbling upon this for the first time, uh, like what is
3: Dreamverse and, you know, as an entity? Yeah, sure. I, mean, uh, I let Brooke. Yeah, I let Brooke and that first. Off, it's not part of NFT NYC. It's a, it's a whole other. Event.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dreamverse is on November fourth, which is the last day of NFT NYC. We are platinum sponsors of that event, but this is a separate event altogether. Um, there's really two parts of Dreamverse. We have the daytime Dreamverse Gallery, which is 12 to 4 p.m., and our event space, which is Terminal Five in the Manhattan area, which is a three-story venue, approximately 40,000 square feet, shuts down for four hours and reopens again for Dreamverse Party, which is 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. And essentially, I would describe both parts as an experiential immersive art installation. During the gallery, we will feature our 10 NFT OG Curators on the third floor and each of those curators have selected 10 other artists to display throughout the venue and Metapurse ourselves have selected eight featured artists to um, display on the first floor in this uh, immersive installation that we are deeming the intersection. Uh, We are also partnering with time magazine on the gallery they'll be contributing some NFT artworks from their time pieces collection. And we'll have, you know, some other treats for attendees like VR booths so people can experience VR artwork the way it's intended, augmented reality booths and holograms and some other surprises. For the party, we're really excited that that is headlined by DJ Alesso, opened by RAC and please and thank you. And I'm not sure when this podcast is going out, but if you release it in a few days, I can tell you that we also have another special guest, Karsten Holler, who's a world-renowned artist doing a quote-unquote social experiment at Dreamverse and more details on that to come. But of course, the main uh, gem of the evening party is the inaugural showcasing of the Beeple 5000 artwork. We are working with an event production studio to create this experience. Um, Essentially, you can expect 24-foot Moving LCD screens, um, projection mapping, and more. That's just a a high-level overview. There's going to be even more surprises, which you're excited about.
4: So this is, sorry, go ahead, (laughs) Matt. Go ahead, dude. Yeah. No, so this is like an event to kick off. Like this is sort of like a you know you guys are making a big splash event, and then like what what does Dreamverse like become or like evolve into post? Uh, post-event?
3: You know, Rizzle, That that's an excellent question. And the answer is we have no idea. We, we're doing this because uh, we just think it's a great idea. There is no um, like end game for DreamWorks. There is no monetization strategy. There is nothing uh, behind it. It's just, um, you know, like I said, you know, it, it, it comes from that realization that you know nfts ought to be experienced mean, would you rather talk about nfts or would you rather be would you rather look at them dance to them be surrounded by them and the answer was dream to us Uh, the more important reason i suppose is uh, it 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 becomes a massive stage for all of the artists in the nft space right the people that we fell in love with the whole reason why metaverse exists today right these 150 artists that were chosen by these 10 OGs, which you all know, right? Uh, you know, we have, uh, um, you know, who do we have? We have uh, Sparrow, we've got Josie Bellini, Metageist, Angie Taylor, Judy Mam from Dada, a lot of money, Batia Coutini, Skinny, Snowfro, and Hackatow as uh, our main curators. And they picked 10 artists, some of whom are really well-known, some of whom are completely obscure. And the beauty of it is they all get to share that same stage. And that's what it's all about, man. And this is...
2: I I would just... Oh, sorry. I would just echo that and also say, like, so many of us in this digital world have never met in real life. I mean, I've only met you guys one time, many of us hide behind avatars or pseudonyms. Um, It's just really going to be almost like a a spiritual mecca for the NFT community to gather in this one spot and uh, celebrate NFTs.
1: Yeah. The meeting up in real life and all these relationships that people have formed and forged in the metaverse really coming together in the flesh, its it really is magical. It's hard to to understate exactly how powerful these meetings are and how fun they are at the end of the day. Um, but I have a question that kind of goes back to B20. And B20 was a really cool experience to be a part of. I think the event itself was just a, a grand slam. It was amazing. Afterwards, there was definitely a lot of lessons learned, um, to put it, it one way. I'm curious, like, are you worried about any of the sort of like negative shade that was thrown on B20 after the B20 event, kind of casting a negative light on what you guys are planning for Dreamverse? Or do you think that Dreamverse is sort of going to set the stage and maybe show people what B20 was in a way that they hadn't? I'm curious, like how you're thinking about the relationship between the two events, seeing as they're coming from the same group of folks, Mm -hmm. essentially.
3: Yeah, I I think that part was inevitable, Matt, like, uh, you know, you might have surmised by now, but uh, DreamWorks is a a thing of its own. And uh, if we were really worried about uh, the negative fallout or whatever of, uh, you know, post B20, we would have... tried stuff like, you know, you know, listing the token, or trying to, you know, do airdrops and stuff. No, we, I believe that, you know, B20 is already part of history, uh, you know, in a, in a way that you can't take away from it at all. So it, it has its place in history. It will retain that place in history, irrespective of what happens. Dreamverse uh, is an evolution of what we experienced at uh, B20, pretty much, uh, you know, sorry about that. It's an evolution of what we experienced with B20, which is this uh, collaborative aspect of the NFT space. I mean, these artists, Matt, are, you know, there's no reason for them to have said yes to us. None of them had to, but they did. I mean, and that is way more precious to us than any potential, uh, you know, uh, media fallout or whatever anybody else says. If an artist trusts us enough to be part of what we're doing, uh then I think we're walking the right path. Okay. So I i think I've got it.
4: Dude, I really like this, like sort of uh I feel like it's got like a crypto art, like Burning Man type of vibe, like you know, or like futuristic burning yeah. man type of vibe, right? It's exactly. yeah. cool. Uh I get like the you know, unveiling of the people, like all the OG crypto artists uh that are involved are like, you know, people I've been a huge fan of for like a very, very long time now. Uh how does time magazine like fit into this whole equation or like, where did they seem sort of like the odd duck or like the thing that I don't quite understand how it like fits into the thingy here.
3: You know, interestingly enough, I've, uh, I've spoken with uh, um, Keith uh, a few times and, and like, you know, I, I have a history in the media. I used to be a journalist at one point. Don't hold that against me, but I know how this stuff works and, and, the way Keith has approached the NFT space you know, with time is completely, sorry about that again. The way Keith approached the NFT space is completely contradictory to how a media house would work. And it, to me, it showed a lot of heart. And the way he talks about it, his passion is very real. The way he reaches out to uh, artists and the way he works with them is is very real. And uh, it it, it just sort of flowed into a natural, uh, you know, sort of a a collaboration again. I wouldn't even call it like a a partnership, but it is a genuine collaboration between what he wants uh, from this place, what he expects. Uh, And interestingly enough, what we're doing with Metapurse is something that, he wants to do uh, as well, and I think that's what he's evolving towards. But it's going to be a lot, lot tougher for a media organization to get there. So, so what? I what mean, is are they like in... sponsor? Yeah.
4: Sorry, I was just, yeah. I'm just trying to understand: are they like sponsoring the event, or are they like contributing artwork, or are they like like getting first dibs on covering like covering the event? Or
3: I'm like trying to like just oh, no. figure out they're how just- they- Yeah, they're just contributing artwork to the uh, event. Uh, gotcha. Uh, no, no first dips. I mean, there's no expectation uh, either way.
2: Specifically, um, they're contributing a collage of their timepieces NFTs that they've created with, I think, around 40 NFT artists, including like Jan Selva, Fuck Render, um, some other big names. So um, essentially, they're combining all of those together and creating almost like a Beeple 5000 style collage. And we're displaying that on a screen in the gallery.
1: Cool, cool. And well, this is more like a practical question about planning this major, major event and this celebration around the unveiling of the People 5000. Uh, because we've been over the past couple of years, like immersed in the metaverse and these virtual spaces, like Tubador going back, working on the whip with us, and then the the b20 event earlier this year like what were the major lessons learned from putting together and doing all this planning for like an in real life event and like were there any surprises along the way anything that you're just holy crap this is like way (laughs) harder or like surprising compared to what we've been doing in the metaverse
2: yeah i think uh for me the biggest surprise were, were the biggest surprise was the administrative hoops you have to jump through with onboarding talent at a physical event specifically talent that um is tied to all the bureaucracy of like record labels and just the music infrastructure as a whole um negotiations for talent took so much longer than I expected and it really kind of like highlighted the importance of um you know creators kind of taking control back into their own hands for example like I know RAC is working a lot on that. but then also too, like it, it was surprising working with, with vendors who are, are such believers in the crypto space, but then surprisingly might not accept USDC or ETH as a form of payment. That was also surprising. So I do think that we all have a little bit more work to do and, and, uh, you know, kind of communicating the, the ease of, of crypto payments as a whole for like all these different industries.
4: Is there anything you guys have seen like on the other side of the coin, like maybe that we wouldn't have seen, you know, a year and a half, two years ago at last, like NFT NYC, where like, you feel maybe encouraged. uh, You guys have any, any words of encouragement for us in terms of like crypto adoption or anything, or has it been like a lot of that kind of, uh, you you know, thing going on?
3: Yeah. It's, it's just the, the whole familiarity around uh, crypto. Right. And, that's driven completely by NFTs. People know what you're talking about when you say NFTs, you know, when you say crypto art and stuff. So that there's that instant recognition, which makes it uh, a lot easier to have those conversations with. So yeah, definitely encouraging, I'd say. I wouldn't go as far as to say, I mean, this, this is going to accelerate adoption. You, you and I both know <laughs> there's some ways to go, but I think we are getting there. The first step is, to, uh, is for people to, know what this is, to be aware of the space. And I think that's already happened. Besides, I am not in any tearing hurry to uh, make sure that there is mainstream adoption of what we're doing, to be honest. I mean, people can take their time. And in a sense, I think it's important to have a little bit of friction because the flip side of uh, being part of a decentralized ecosystem is that it comes with inherent risks, which no one can sort of... Uh, solve for you, right? You have to discover yourself why seed phrases are important to say, why you can't, you know, give away your private key to other people. And if you abstract all of that away, then you're putting yourself at even greater risk. So maybe a little bit of friction, a little bit of a learning curve isn't so bad. So what if it takes a couple of years for the rest of the world to catch up?
2: Yeah. And sorry to, I didn't mean to paint such a bleak picture. I would say overall, (laughs) every vendor that we've Worked with this,
4: show. <laughs> this is what I've come to expect. Broken this reality. It's not bleak
2: <laughs> I would say just overall, everyone has been extraordinarily excited to to work with us on the world's first NFT art and music festival. Um, almost everyone that we've spoken with has heard of NFTs, has heard of the Beeple five thousand work, and particularly and is really excited to get involved, even if they've never you know been involved in the space before. Um, our event production agency, Event Teak, for example, this is their first NFT event, and you know they're going to be interviewed on on Fox News in New York City in in a week to talk about it. So I, I think mainstream awareness is definitely there, and I think you know I, I would say that this event definitely is is a is a big step in that.
1: I really want to talk about the tickets. The a lot of money designed tickets that you've released for this event um that i was fortunate enough to to get a sneak peek of just tell me about the concept behind the tickets the rollout the art um all of that because i feel like this is a really cool way to to spur on adoption of nfts in the ticketing front which is again like just this idea and concept that i think a lot of people always have um but this event and dreamverse and how you're implementing the tickets just seems so cool and so righteous and the artist, a lot of money, just the man.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, a very quick intro about, uh, um, you know, a lot of money's context before I pass it on to Brooke, uh, you know, when you think about NFTs and a massive party and, you know, chaos and and fun, the, the first name that pops into your head is a lot of money. Nobody does that better, man. I mean, his, uh, the, the psychedelic stuff he builds in, in crypto voxels, for instance, is like, out of the way, and, and that's the kind of vibe we instantly associate with uh, Dreamverse. So I asked him, and surprisingly enough, he said yes. It was like a ten-minute conversation, and it was it was wonderful just to have him there. And we wanted to make it uh, um, sort of special, so it's it's not a static ticket. I let Brooke take over for you.
2: Yeah. So we've partnered with um, Yellow Heart to to be the infrastructure behind our NFT tickets. And in doing so, we were able to create a really special transformable ticket. Um, so one of the, the the things that we were kind of brainstorming around was, you know, if we have these special, a lot of money NFT tickets, are people just going to buy the tickets and not necessarily want to come to the event? Maybe they just want to collect these beautiful pieces of artwork, which we can't blame them. So I, our idea was to create black and white Um, artwork and once you scan physically into the event that artwork actually transforms to be colored so kind of offers another um, little motivation to attend the event
4: that was gonna be my uh, biggest question right because I feel like uh, with NFT tickets they're like you know in theory like a great solution but also like inherently collectible Like, uh, is there any way to like really safeguard yourself from like someone just saying like, you know, some whale just coming in and buying up like all the tickets and even like, you know, then just selling them at exorbitant prices for people who genuinely want to uh, attend the event like, you know, these are all sort of like uncharted ticketing situations that i feel like uh you know last time that i saw it in real time was like last nft nyc and you know there there just wasn't like enough demand in the space to like really have those kind of concerns but now like especially with someone like a lot of money like i'm like dude i I bet like even if you don't attend the thing and get it scanned you know a a black and white a lot of money on the secondary market you know somewhere down the line will probably you know you'll probably do all right i'm not trying to like you know blow up your like ticketing strategy, but I, you know, I feel like we're going to see more and more people trying to navigate like these waters and, you know, how, how do you like sort of balance that?
3: You know, in a sense, I think we're still uh, a little way away from that for two reasons. One is this isn't, uh, you know, a typical collectible and you've seen versions of this in the past, right? It's like having multiple editions of a single artwork, uh, whereas the season now seems to be about uh, you know ten thousand generative collectibles, which this is not. And the other aspect, interestingly enough, which kind of <laughs> uh, goes contrary to uh, uh, you know some of the things that we believe, is that Dreamverse. I don't think has been completely understood yet. It's it's hard to fathom, right? I mean, I uh, uh, I sense Matthew asking me uh, the question through. Uh, through some of his earlier questions even in this interview what he's trying to ask me is why why the heck are you doing this and the it, it and it comes out like you know what is it that you're trying to achieve what's the event like so i don't think there is a complete understanding of the purpose of dreamverse or of why we're doing this and i think that will happen only when you experience it physically so i worry about uh, you know it being gamified or you know people trying to game the system after they've experienced dreamverse once i feel that
1: and as someone that is excited to attend dreamverse i'm just curious like if you had one one ask for any or all of the attendees that that come through like what do you what do you want them to pay attention to what do you want them to to kind of have a how how to shape their mindset before they come to the event Uh, i'm just thinking about like the, the bigger picture after the event like these people are going to have experienced something like what, what should they do at that point? Um, or is it just the experience in and of itself that you want folks to kind of pay attention to and immerse themselves in?
2: In terms in the of
3: experience itself. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Brooke.
2: Oh, sorry. Um, I would just say, I would really encourage attendees to participate. Um, this isn't just going to be a show that you come and watch. We want you to explore the entire three stories and rooftop of the venue and and uncover things that you might not expect. There's going to be, you know, QR codes to scan. There may be, there might be apps to download to experience AR or um, the Carson experience, for example, will require an app for you to transform your phone into a light show. Um, Don't be afraid to participate (laughs) in these things because we need everyone's you mean we, we need everyone to to participate to make this a, a truly community driven experience.
4: How do you yeah, what are the like basic details? Like for people listening who are like, Yes, I want to do this thing, like when when do ticket are they tickets out there? Do they go on sale? Like how does someone get involved if they're getting FOMO by listening to you?
2: Tickets are on sale. You can go to dreamburst.life, and we have links to all tickets, NFT and non-NFT tickets alike from there. Um, VIP tickets are sold out, but we have plenty of uh, GA tickets available. And yeah. Sorry, Tubador, Thank- I think you were going to say something earlier and I interrupted you.
3: No, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't very smart. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, uh, the tickets are out there at Life. I'd say uh, what... I'd love for people to pay uh, attention to, or you know, observe, is the little things. I mean, you always come for the big headlines, the flashy things, but uh, it's the little things that we're proudest of. And you know, it, it starts from the fact that we have completely uh, unrelated collaborations, unexpected collaborations. We have people uh, sitting out of Chennai, you know, graphic designers working with uh, Russian creative directors. Uh, you know that that that's awesome. Uh, there's this soundscape for the Dreamverse Gallery, uh, basically you know a, a sort of a, an oral experience that you get when you're looking at the art, and that soundscape was created uh, by an artist uh, you know from the deep south in India, and he in turn sort of became a DAO and co-opted twenty nine to thirty artists from the hinterlands of India who would otherwise never ever you know get get to expose their music or their art to somebody in new york and similarly nobody in new york would ever get to listen to you know uh, the how do i say the ambient sounds from a field uh, or a paddy field in in the south of india because that's not how global algorithms work you know this this sort of uh, collision of different cultures different influences is what we're most excited about we have uh, artists from the dada collective were predominantly uh Latin American coming and drawing you know live art there, which they did at the MoMA at the at the date uh sometime uh, some time ago, with having them do that. So you know you you might want to s- sort of immerse yourself and also pay attention to these little things because you're gonna pick up sounds and sights and talk to people that you never would get to otherwise.
1: See, this is this is why I love these conversations because I feel like it's these little details. Like <laughs> you're, you're just kind of like leaving out like breadcrumbs right now. There's so many of them that it's hard to describe in a tweet or a tweet store or even just a PR press release or something like that. Um, I can't wait for this personally. Uh, it, it seems and sounds like it's going to be like something I've never and probably no one has ever experienced. So that's super, super cool. Um, I, I, I could probably talk more about this, but I, while we have you here, I, I think it would be a shame if we aren't able to pick your brain, Tubidor and Brooke, just about kind of your current view on the entire NFT space where we are, um, any particularly spicy hot takes uh, you like to kind of throw into the conversation. I think that'd be a fun way to, to head towards the end uh, of our conversation and keep people hungry uh, for more coming out of uh, the Dreamverse Twitter and announcements and everything like that in the coming weeks. I'll let Brooke go first.
2: Um, In terms of spicy takes, oh, geez. I'm not sure. I'm just really excited right now about the experiential layer of NFTs, and I'm excited about know what an event like dreamverse will will spawn across across the world and what we might see happen in other events as as a result of dreamverse i really believe that we're kind of you know paving the way and giving almost like a template to other people to to do similar things so i'm really excited to to see other events like this in the coming years so hopefully this will start a movement of um of how NFTs can can make landfall, as we said before.
3: Nicely done. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, you know, I've been thinking, and and most of this comes from um, the conversation I have with uh, Metacobon, is that I think the NFT space uh, and crypto in general has failed in identifying uh, a fair model to distribute value i know me. know if that's a hot enough take but uh, that's kind of how i feel uh because you know whether it's a token project whether it's a collectible project once a- oh. ah. Ah. is that too loud it's okay we can edit that out
4: or we can have some fun okay what are you doing over there man
3: uh, <laughs> nothing I, I don't even know where that thing came from either it's from my kitchen some <laughs> sort of a mixer grinder thing or somebody really has a bad throat <laughs> that's oh, <all> okay. <laughs> uh, as i was saying i think Um, the, uh, NFT space, uh, and the crypto space at large has failed to, um, you know, arrive at a- Angry pipes right there. I figured he was
4: like making some sort of shake or
2: something. Jupiter's take is way hotter than mine. So stay tuned.
4: (laughs) He's got to finish grinding his kale though first or whatever he's- Well, I think he's in the
2: bathtub. I think he's just (laughs) turning on some hot water to heat it up again.
4: Ah, that's how I definitely imagine a bubble bath rain. guy definitely yeah a bubble yeah bath yeah phoning <laughs> <He's laughs> it in from the bubble bath
3: <laughs> yeah just uh, that that's a big rubber ducky making all that noise. <laughs> <Yes. It's good. laughs> oh man sorry <laughs> okay
1: I'm talking about value distribution and how the current scene or yeah where, we're, where we are doesn't yeah. do a very good job of that
3: yeah it doesn't right I mean uh it's fine. It, it started off with, uh, um, you know, really uh, free marketish uh, intentions, but then very quickly it uh, becomes prohibitive for anybody else to get in, and that's mm-hmm. not fair. And then you you get these conversations about uh, scarcity and having too much and diluting and stuff. But there 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 must be some way to distribute value, uh, not just to the community that's in front of you, but in some ways in perpetuity, right? To- and and that's a real ticket to scale anything right you you can't have a ten thousand collectible thing and when the flow price hits uh, 40 ETH expect uh, uh, somebody that's new in the NFT space to be excited by it Um, and so most of our thinking and and the stuff that we're doing whether it's uh, producing NFTs with uh, with people or doing uh, you know stuff like Dreamverse these are all experiments in trying to distribute value, essentially. I mean, what does an artist expect at the end of the day? Right? There's, there's two things. One, um, most importantly, more than even you know, a, a big bag of money, he wants his art to live, to breathe, and to have some sort of a showcase. And post the big people incident in, in March, um, we were sort of caught up in thinking about what it is we we ought to do because it, it started to feel like a responsibility, right? mean, we, we have this voice, people are looking at us, listening to us. What do you do with it? And I think the answer is to uh, use that, use something as bright as that to shine a light on the real beauty of the NFT space, on the real uh, collaborations, on the real work that's happening in the NFT space. And, and Dreamverse is just, um, you know, the first of what I hope are going to be many experiments in that line. I mean we've got people on the posters obviously and we you know we we have him there because we love his work ethic the thing that he brings to the space the fact that he's a uh you know a historic and a cultural icon there but he's best served we honor him best by using him to reflect light on more artists in the space on more creators in the space and that's what it's about
4: Dude, know i got sort of a Spicy take, I guess, uh, but uh, it's actually like a compliment masquerading as one man, because I, I I, really like the whole concept behind what you guys are doing. And I've actually like said it uh, a few times uh, previously that I feel like this, this, the kind of thing that what you're doing is what like an NFT conference should look like in the future, right? Like we're sort of still like going off this like old world model of like, you know, people getting up on stage and like talking for a few minutes, like rinse, repeat. And I, I have no idea how NFT NYC plans to like navigate the volume of speakers. But, uh, you know, even, you know, Bitcoin Miami, all these conferences sort of have like the same flow where like NFTs really have these, this like experiential component. And I, I almost wish like, you know, it wasn't happening concurrently with NFT NYC because I feel like this is what I would much rather be doing all day and then like go chill and hang out for like drinks afterwards like I could like and you see like a lot of people coming into to you know uh, New York City for like you know quote unquote the conference but they don't even have tickets they're just coming to do like you know the other stuff that's going on so I you know I wonder if like you know, we're just moving more and more in that direction. And this is sort of like, you know, phase one of like this shift in what these kind of conferences actually look like. Cause even with crypto, it's like hard to really just like, appreciate anything beyond like a certain point of once you're just sitting there and listening to someone talk about it until you actually have to like do something with it or incentivize to like download a thing or like scan a thing or uh you know actually partake in some sort of experience so uh I don't know that that it's a long ramble to say like I hope your guys is you know I I feel like this could be such a dope standalone event that a lot of people would make a pilgrimage for and you know sort of build around that and I hope it doesn't get over overshadowed by like all these other like crazy things that are going on uh including nft nyc and like all these spin-off events that are are just seem like they're becoming more and more popular the more these conferences uh continue to happen so uh i I don't know if there's i'm not necessarily looking for like a response but i i would love Mm -hmm. to see more of what you're doing like you know in its own you know right so that uh that can be like the featured thing of the you know weekend or whatever it is
3: yeah, I hear you, man. I mean, to be honest, uh, um, this was meant to be um, the day after NFT NYC. I mean, we already booked the venues and all of that stuff. And then NFT NYC extended their conference by a day because of, uh, like you said, the big, large volume of uh, speakers. So it's okay. I mean, in a sense, we're not too worried about the overlap. And to be honest with you, I I do hope that it, it really catches on. People like flock to it in droves. But even if that didn't happen immediately, or even if that doesn't happen, we'd still do Dreamverse because it's 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 almost compulsive at this stage. I mean, we do it because we love those creators, we love those artists, and we do it because they said yes when they didn't have to, and that it's as simple as that. And you know, it's it's ironic, right, when you talk about uh, other crypto conferences in general, ironic because quite honestly, it's the artists that gave this much of credibility uh, to the space. And they always are relegated to becoming some sort of an afterthought in these events. And we just wanted to flip that model around a little bit and make it all about the artist. I mean, like I said, we don't have to speak a single word there. You just walk in and you know what it's about.
1: Yes, yes to all that. Yes to the artist breathing life into the space yes to artists making everything that we're doing right now that much more interesting and exciting. And yeah, just being the, the living beating heartbeat of the whole movement. I'm so happy that you guys are celebrating that and putting the artists at the center of this event. This this experience, I should say, it's not an event, it's something that people need to go and, and actively participate in to, to maximize. It's not something like the NFT NYC conference itself. That's such a passive. Dragon, <laughs> they edit this part out. Your are vicious, my command. <laughs> no, I've been pretty is- vocal about just my disdain for for the actual NFT NYC event itself. Um, the people around it, mm. the people that attend it. That's that's where the value lies, and whatever you can do to design to To get folks to actually actively participate and have these experiences is is what's up. So anyway, <laughs> sorry,
3: yeah, I get sorry. that. Man. I'm with you there. No, <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm with you there. And I think it will take a little time. Like I said, it's a it's a massive leap of faith, Matthew. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the it, it's not like we we're able to uh, you know spell massive sell massive amounts of uh, sponsorships to this and in return have them speak uh, or anything. Right. this. You know, even our sponsors, you know, a handful of them, as they are, don't get to say anything. If they have something that they've created, some art or something, they get to display that. And <laughs> the event itself is not a uh, a profit-making venture. It's 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 a massive cost, but again, it's compulsive because this is the only way we know to express our journey so far and to say what we want to say uh, without saying it.
4: You guys know one of the things we love to do towards the end here is like a super intrusive shakedown of your crypto wallets. And uh, <laughs> I, it sounds like you guys have been like crazy busy and understandably like organizing. This is like a massive undertaking and it will be really, really dope to sort of, you know, put put this all like in real world context and, uh, you know, show up to, to see this. Uh, but in the meantime, have either of you been like collecting anything on the side or any like interest in any projects that don't like necessarily have anything to do with Dreamverse or, uh, what what else have you guys seen out in the, uh, the NFT space that you guys think is cool?
2: I'm really excited about, uh, Josie Bellini's new project, Cyberbrokers. Um, I know that she will be displaying some, some of the Cyber Broker artwork at Dreamverse and she's actually... Going to be on one of the Dreamverse wheat pastings that you'll be seeing physically around New York City. So I'm anxiously awaiting that one. What about nice. you, two? um
3: Yeah, I, I don't know. Man. I mean, to be honest, uh, um, ever since March, it's been a massive uh, mindfuck. Uh, are you allowed to swear on this show? Is it that kind of a show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's not for children. Good. Let it rip. So, I already said fuck
2: render, so I think we're kind of in yeah.
3: the here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So you know, I've, I've uh, I, I can't unsee what what I now uh, see with the NFT space, you know, with all kinds of uh, whether it's collectibles or projects in general, right? So not much excites me in that sense, uh, except for things that will only unfold maybe a year from now or two, like mean, Alithia, for instance, I'm excited about what standard creative might bring. I'm excited about what Record Shop will end up doing with their music NFTs and so on. So I haven't really been collecting much. What I am excited about, and incidentally, this, I don't know, it's very, very broadly falls into the collectible category, but uh, I love Creeps and Weirdos, simply because of uh, where it came from it's generative and the generative component is the human beings that drew those pictures behind it. So uh, I love the Creeps and Weirdos project. And that's uh, about the only thing that I bought um, for myself. And uh, even Metaverse has not gone out shopping in in a really long time because of this very same reason, right? We, we don't honestly know what to buy. We'd rather spend the money on, you know, serving the artists in ways like Dreamverse. But yeah, I'm excited about the the creeps and weirdos that I bought for myself. Just a couple. (laughs) That's all I could afford. There'll
2: be a Dreamverse too.
3: Oh yeah, incidentally. Mm. That's awesome.
1: I love that response. It was almost like that was almost like a spicy take actually in -hmm. that (laughs) reply to what you've been collecting, the non-collecting aspect. But I know you got your guys' time so precious and you only have a couple more weeks until D-Day and the event goes live. And I can only imagine all the last minute details that need to still be pinned down and all the logistics and all that good stuff. So won't keep you too much longer and just really wanted to have, uh, thank both of you for jumping on, sharing all the details, probably just only scratching the surface of the details that you have baked in to this experience. That will be Dreamverse. Um, I don't know if either of you have any kind of like last parting words you want to leave our listeners, if you want to kind of let people know any more websites or specific dates, times, things like that uh, before we wrap up, that'd be great.
2: Sure. Yeah. I would just encourage everyone to follow Dreamverse on Twitter, dreamverse underscore life and head over to dreamverse.life to check out the various tickets that are still available. And we hope to see you guys in New York. (laughs) (laughs)
1: there you go
3: i absolutely second one brook so yeah
1: love it awesome well tubador Brooke, it was always a pleasure um but especially a pleasure to have you on our show today uh thank you both so much and keep doing your thing and super excited to meet up in real life in new york city at dreamverse in just a couple of weeks
2: thank you guys so much for having
3: us
0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Proof of Beauty. Proof of Beauty is an experimental digital experience studio. The blockchain is their canvas and the tokens are their brush. You can learn more about Proof of Beauty by checking out P-O-B dot studio. You can follow them on Twitter as well at P-R-R-F Beauty. That's P-R-R-F beauty on Twitter, and P-O-B dot studio on their homepage to learn more about their projects like Hash, London, and Publico. Thank you, and see you in the next episode.